Hey, you beautiful human. There's something I really, really, really want you to know. You are whole. You are not broken. You are whole. You are one. You are perfect. You are beautiful. It's your wholeness that allows you to feel pain, both physical and emotional pain. It's your wholeness that allows you to doubt and question and get yourself all tangled up in knots. It's your wholeness that allows you to experience every bit of this human experience. We need your wholeness. You need your wholeness. You are one. You are everything. You are perfect. You are awesome. Now, welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I am your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And this week's episode is with my friend Mallory Nicole, and we had so much fun recording it. We totally geeked out on a bunch of things. I think, I hope that you're going to enjoy listening to us. Mallory helps entrepreneurs and driven professionals remove their mental barriers that stop them from creating the life they want. Listen in. She brings the brilliance. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Remember, as always, please go forth and be awesome. Mallory, I'm so excited to actually record a conversation with you. We've been having lots of conversations, but now it's time to let other people listen in. How are you? I, I love having conversations with you, so I'm super excited about this next one, too. It's so, um, let's start with, can you just tell us, can you just tell us where you are and like, yeah. what life is like for you right this second? Yes, I am currently living on Lake Norman, North Carolina, which is about 30 miles north of Charlotte. And life is, life is, this is a really good part of life. This is possibly the best it's ever been. Life has slowed down a lot. I live in the middle of nowhere on the water with my dog, my fiance, and we have a pretty, like there's a lot of movement in our life, but there's, there's a lot of simplicity and I appreciate that because mm. it hasn't always been that way. <laughs> How did you get to that point? Well, I think when you and I connected, I was living in Seattle mm -hmm. and him and I decided on a whim that we wanted to move, like a flip of a coin whim <laughs> that we were going to move. And so we were living in Charleston, South Carolina, and we decided we were going to go explore and live in Seattle for a year and just see how it went and it was super fun and it was very active the pacific northwest is an amazing part of the country and in that year we both just got really clear on what we actually wanted for this next chapter of our life and it wasn't to stay in a city it was to be closer to family and be in a more quiet area and so we made the jump and here we are it was a good move also it rains a lot in seattle Oh yeah. It rains a lot in Seattle. It's raining right now actually, which is which is funny, but it rains a lot in Seattle. We were in the middle of downtown in a tiny tiny apartment and we're not in like a massive house right now, but in a tiny tiny apartment when you're working from home 
and you have other people that you're living with and you have a dog who wants to go out and play. It, it lived its life and we both kind of got to the point where we were like, I think we're both done here. Yeah. It's so good to know that. To ha- well, it's so good to be on the same page with that. Yes. And to be able to like speak it and to then make a change. Yes. Yes. And it was really fun. We had a lot of people that asked us questions like, you know, why are you going to Seattle? Why are you doing this? Like needing it to make sense. And no part of it made sense. Like there was zero sense about it. We had just renovated a house. We had a really well-established life in Charleston. He had a very profitable business, but it's just what we needed. And we were okay with that. It was, it was kind of funny, honestly. We were okay with it, but it was like everyone around us wasn't okay with the fact that it didn't follow like this uh, master plan. And that's, I think, why it was so easy when we both were just kind of like, all right, we did what we were supposed to do out here. Now let's go do the next thing. Oh my God. I get you so much. <laughs> we got that so much when we sold our house in Maine to travel around in the camper for 16 months. Again, like, wait, what? Why are yeah. you doing this? Because we can? Because yeah. we do? Right. Sometimes you don't have to have a reason other than the word want. <laughs> yeah. We would, we would say, oh, we want warmer air and warmer water. That was like our crutch to lean on to help people understand. Yeah, because you do kind of have to meet them where they're at, or you literally can feel, you can feel and see on their face, like how uncomfortable it is that you're like, oh, we just wanted to see what it was like. Yeah. Well, (laughs) this is also something I've been thinking about lately. People getting like, um, uncomfortable for other people and not necessarily in the cringe worthy, like watching comedy that's just like people are falling over and you Mm -hmm. just feel really uncomfortable for them. But in the sense... So I've got this nerve pain on my heel right now. And I'm, I, it's making people really uncomfortable. I've got friends that are like, so can you run yet? Like, what, what is it? What's the, what's the status? And I'm like, chill. It's a cycling intensive. I'm having fun. doing lots of biking and swimming. I'm okay with it, but you're not okay with the fact that I'm okay with it. And that is odd to me. Yeah, no, I get it. And then I'm like, and actually your energy around it is really kind of icky. So can you stop that, please? (laughs) So I can just get on with my life and joy and healing. Yeah, it is kind of, it's, it's, that has been something for me that I think kind of opened my eyes to how many decisions I make in life that don't really make sense. They're very intuitive and how uncomfortable it makes people. Because it wasn't just the move. Like there's so many other things that have had people kind of looking at me going wait you're doing what like why what was sometimes, it sometimes sometimes the why doesn't make sense um well definitely starting a business because I had I had a great job I was working for an engineering firm and I was on a good team and I didn't hate my job before this you know you hear that a lot in starting a business like I was in a miserable corporate job and I needed freedom and I couldn't breathe like for me it wasn't I can't say that it was any of that. Um, Obviously, I'm aligned with what I'm supposed to be doing now or it wouldn't feel the way that it feels, but it was just a thing that I kind of started looking into. And I remember telling people, like I still remember, I don't love sharing this, but I'm going to do it anyways. I still remember my best friend at, at this point in my life when I told her I wanted to start a business that I felt super passionate about. 
she told me that I should just become a yoga instructor. Like it made her really, really uncomfortable that I was going to do something that didn't have a guarantee plan with it. Because what I was doing made a lot of sense. I was getting paid well. We had a home. We had a mortgage. We had just renovated. So there was a lot of uh, responsibility. But it made a lot of people uncomfortable when I decided that I was going to just go do this thing. How does it feel living your life not caring? I don't know if that's the right word, but that's what I'm going to use right now. But not caring about making other people uncomfortable. It didn't happen overnight. (laughs) It really bothered me, actually, for the first six months to a year, because there were a lot of people that just like, it was like a mass of people that were just like, what are you doing? Why are you using social media? Why are you posting on Facebook? Like, what is it that you're doing? Like, who are you to be doing this? Um, And that kind of rocked me. I'm not going to lie. Like, there were a lot of like, I internal dialogue with myself of like, Am, what am I doing? Like, I know that I love the work I'm doing and it's working and the business is working and I'm helping people, but am I losing everything around me all for this? Like, is it worth it? So I went through my own kind of challenge in that. Now I couldn't care less because the fact of the reality is, is security is an illusion. So having a job is just as secure as owning a business when you really think about it, because it all goes back to what are you going to do? How are you going to handle it if something happens, if the boat gets rocked? You know, are you going to go back to your place of power and figure it out? Or are you going to live under a false sense of security that everything's going to be fine forever and ever? You don't know when a company is or a business is going to shut down or you're going to get potentially laid off. So if in 40 years, you had 40 years of business experience and something happens to your business, are you actually better off than if you've been working for one company for 40 years and you get laid off? Like it's all just... In my head, that's all just a game. (laughs) Yeah, it's all this belief that we can crystal ball and know the future, and we have no idea. Right. Like, we have no idea what we're going to talk about a minute from now. Exactly. Exactly. So the concept of, like, oh, you can't try this at, you know, and you're, and you can't start something because you don't know exactly how it's going to happen. Like, we don't know how anything's going to happen. When you take a job, you don't know if you're going to love it. Right. How can you know? You can't. It's not like when you meet somebody, same thing. You don't know whether or not you're going to fall in love with them. When you Exactly. Exactly. And even now, like, I really love my business. I'm super passionate about it. But I don't know if I'll be doing this when I'm 50. I have no idea. And I'm okay with that. But, Kelsey, I've even had, like, marketing, you know, marketing marketing people that I've worked with and stuff on the business side. And that makes them uncomfortable to not have like a super defined 30 year goal. And it's not that I don't have long-term goals because I do, there are financial things, you know, that I work on, but as far as having to have it all laid out, we don't, we just, we miss opportunities from that lens of thinking. And it wasn't, that wasn't my, being open-minded to all kinds of things wasn't my default. I've always been pretty intuitive and kind of gone with certain opportunities that maybe didn't make sense, but there was still a sense of control that I would experience in it. 
So that's something that's shifted a lot for me in the last couple of years too. Yeah. So having glanced at your human design chart, it makes sense. You've got that. <laughs> Tell me what. <laughs> You've got an open Ajna and open crown, which I have too. You have some more open centers. Those are my only two open centers. But from that place, we have the ability to say, I don't know in an empowered way. It isn't saying I don't know isn't a point of weakness. It isn't like I'm not good enough, so I don't know. It's I don't know. Maybe I'll find out. But it's also I don't know, and that that doesn't mean anything negative at all. Right. Right. Exactly. Because here's a great example of this and how I knew that I didn't have to care as much as I was caring when I first started my business. So I just I did another podcast interview a couple hours ago. And after we were done recording, the guy's like, I have a massive email list and I have all of these people that are my clients and I don't know how to help them with this thing that you're doing, but I'd like to figure out if there's a way to like incorporate some of this work and I don't have the time or the energy to get a certification in this. Could we talk about some type of collaboration? And I was like, uh, yeah, of course we can, but I don't know that that's going to happen. And I don't know what it's going to lead to. It might lead to nothing. It might lead to 50 clients. I have no idea. But when I try and get too in my head about what the plan looks like, it's stuff like that that I close myself off to. Yes. I feel you so much. And you are living your design. That's because I always think about it like I get to talk to a human. Mm-hmm. Like that, that in itself is exciting. I do want to know what people have to say. I want to know, like, let's explore possibilities. I'm, Mm -hmm. when I say, yeah, let's talk, I'm not committing to anything at all that it's going to work or it's not going to work. Right. 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 I love it. So what is it that pushed you into, what drove you to that decision to open your own business? So I got sick in 2014 with a bunch of health issues, which also goes along with my human design chart. It's kind of funny. I had a lot of stomach problems um, just all throughout my life. But then in 2014, I like basically woke up one day and felt like I had gotten hit by a bus. And for three and a half months, it literally felt like I had the flu, like and everything from rashes all over my body, it's migraines to fever-like symptoms to body aches. And it wasn't going anywhere. It was not going away. I was in and out of the doctor trying to figure out, you know, why is, why does it feel like my body like wants to give up right now? And I don't have any answers to what's really going on. And that was a really hard time of my life, but I never would be where I am now if it wasn't for that, because that's what actually opened my eyes into health and wellness and health and wellness. The first certification I ever got was a health coaching certification. And that led me to even understanding, oh, people have coaches and then, oh, the mind has to do with our habits and our subconscious brain has to do with our behaviors and performance and all of the stuff that I didn't know about. So that period was completely pivotal, pivotal, excuse me. It was super dark, but there was a lot of light in it. Mm, That sounds like it. And you know what I just thought of? Um, Like two, two or three months ago, 
I talked to Anahata Ananda on the podcast and she talks about going through the eye of the needle, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, which we were supposed to do in 2020. And she says, basically we all started this spiritual awakening thing, this journey in 2012. And so we're supposed to look back at like, where were we in 2012, 2013, 2014? What was like really shifting us? What was starting for us? Mm -hmm. And it sounds like, oh yeah, your body was your first clue to something stirring. My body was a hundred percent my first clue. So what was causing all of that turmoil for you? Yeah, like something super simple to anybody that's listening to this too. Um, I have a gluten intolerance. And obviously that, I believe in in some deeper background of that. I think that the body doesn't just create a gluten intolerance. I believe that some of the trauma that was not processed and not healed yet at that point in my life kind of was creating a jolt in my system. Um, But needless to say, I developed a food sensitivity and I didn't honestly didn't know anything about food sensitivities. Now, 2014 is not that long ago, but this was kind of a little bit before everyone was talking about it. Uh, It was just on the shift of it. So it, it wasn't something that I was super educated on or familiar with. And I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. And as soon as I stopped eating it, everything started to shift, like within a week. So all of these symptoms is three and a half months of like, my body is failing me. (laughs) What is going on? But I knew there was a reason, like deep down in my heart, I didn't actually think my body was failing me. I knew I have to figure out what's going on because this is not a medicine, like masking the symptoms thing. There is something wrong and my body is screaming at me to try and figure it out. And it felt that way, like from the beginning, like it, it felt that way from day one, my body is trying to tell me something. Mm. And was, what was it trying to tell you? Was it only that it didn't want any gluten in it? That's where it started. But I went from, I went from wanting to learn more about health and wellness, to getting a certification, to starting a business, to having a still in my primary job, but to having like a successful batch of clients and helping them. I went through all of that in a matter of like eight months. And then shortly, like a few months after I started my health coaching business, I had people that were asking me for help in the mindset world. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Who am I to do this? I just started my health coaching business. Like, what's going on? How is all this shifting this fast? Um, But in that time, like right after I finished my health certification, I went on to get another certification and I had hired someone to do some of my own work and my own healing. So I think my body, my consciousness was speaking to me. It wasn't really just, hey, stop eating gluten. It was like, hey, there's other things for you. And this time of your life, and we want you to see it, but you really, really need to be steered. And you're going to need to feel like crap (laughs) in order to wake up to this. Because once I said yes to one thing, it was like, it was so fast. Everything happened so fast after that. Even looking back, I'm like, how did that all happen so quickly? Even the download that I got to get a health coaching certification. There was no thought. 
I thought about it. I Googled it. I called the first company that showed up and I paid $5,000 the next day to go into it. There was no logic behind any of this. Like, at That's all. how you know it was right. Yeah. <laughs> That's like trusting your gut. And I didn't have, if you're, if also, if you're listening to this, I didn't have like a ton of savings. That's what I had in my say. I had enough money in my savings account to pay for the certification. I had no intention of starting a business. I was just like, yes, I'm doing this. I want to learn. Okay. Like, <gasps> that's a break. That. <laughs> that flows with what you were talking about a few minutes ago about not knowing where you're going to be in 30 years. Like, no, you do something because it lights you up and then you it'll it'll all sort itself out when it's supposed to yes yes it was really evident to me that the health component was really important but that was not the ultimate thing that I was supposed to be helping people with Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with health I mean people need that it just that was the catalyst to do what I'm doing now yeah of of course, because we need that, like, open the door, mm-hmm. and then, oh, there's a bigger door after that. Right. You go through right. the door, and you're like, here's the real door. It's like you open the screen door, and then you have to open the real door. Exactly. Exactly. So what is it that you do with mindset? So what I do with mindset is primarily helping people look at their subconscious blocks and understanding where their childhood patterns or beliefs that they've created throughout life are blocking them in their business and in their performance. And I also do energy work. So it's a combination. It's not specific to like, oh, I got this certification and this is what I do because I've got multiple. It's a combination of energy healing work and belief reprogramming work um, to start. And then that kind of ties into like, I've got a handful of people that have been with me for a while. So it's just continued growth as it goes on. Because as you know, you know, the growth doesn't stop. You can get rid of so many blocks in a matter of months. And then six months later, you're going to go through some kind of weird spout in your business. And there's going to be a no, a whole new handful of things that you get to learn about yourself and grow through. What lights you up about that work? I, I love the, the wake up of the, the wake ups that people experience of going, oh, I thought that's just how I was because we have this kind of thing going on in our culture. It's like, people can't change. You are the way you are. Like you just are the way you are. And that is just so not true. I am just like, not the same person that I was. There are traits about me that will always be. But my behavior is much different than it was three, six, ten years ago. And I don't believe that we're stuck in this structure of people can't change. People can change. It's a choice. You have to choose for it. But I end up helping a lot of people that are going through big transitions or they're feeling really stuck or they are feeling super blocked. And entrepreneurs love to fix problems. So they have a pattern of trying to outwork their problems. And then they realize, oh, wait a minute, this doesn't really have anything to do with how I'm addressing it. This is how I'm seeing the world and see how I'm seeing life. And I love seeing people wake up to their consciousness. Mm. I think this is one of the, I mean, there's so many similarities in our 
philosophies. And just a really big one is this growth mindset piece. Mm-hmm. I used to say if I were to assign the world a book, it would be Carol Dweck's mindset. Mm-hmm. Just please, will everyone just please know <laughs> that you can have a growth mindset and please have a growth mindset. <laughs> we can change. I get it. Everything, I get it. everything okay. can change. And, and I mean, you hear that all the time, though. Like you hear, oh, well, I'm that way because my mom was that way, or I'm that way because my dad was that way. And that gets into genetics, too. And I'm not, you know, I don't have a huge background in that. So I'm just careful to try and say too much about that area. But I think it even goes down to the physical body and that we have more ability to change it than we give ourselves credit for. Yes. That's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately too, is just the words we use around our physical body. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that's my problem foot or, or even the word injury. I don't like, because it makes it sound like you're broken to me, like that you're less than. Yeah, it does. That that doesn't fly for me. We're whole. Oh, human can't break. Right. Bones can break. Yeah. Yeah. It's true though. I had a lot of, I had a lot of injury before the health thing that I shared. I had, I've broken multiple bones. I experienced a traumatic brain injury and I remember being in the doctor's office and him looking at me and saying like, you might never think normally again. And I remember feeling, I, I felt angry to be honest. That was the first emotion that came up. But I also remember feeling and looking at him and knowing, like, you're wrong. Like, what you just said is not true. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I didn't say that back. But I knew this might be hard. This might be a journey. But that's, that's false. I love that. I've had similar experiences. People try and put, just like they try and put their, like, discomfort with our choices on us, they try and put these limiting beliefs on us. Mm-hmm. That it's like, oh, that actually doesn't fit. That's not mine. I'm not yeah. gonna you're you're not gonna plant that here. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because I don't know about you, but I get a body reaction to it. So it's not even like my mind, my yeah. body is speaking to me before my mind is. My body is like saying no. <laughs> yeah, my body has actually said like and my body will actually laugh. not for me not here so how old were you when this traumatic brain injury happened i was 21 okay i was 21 so that's a time of well big shifts there's a lot going on then there was a lot going on i was a 21 year old college workaholic Mm. So I had a lot of, a lot of control issues that I didn't know or see. And I wasn't, I wasn't working anywhere super fancy or anything. I was working at, I was working at a bar, I was working at a restaurant and I was working in the lab and I was doing all of it and I didn't take any breaks. Um, And when I did take breaks, I wasn't taking care of myself. (laughs) I was over-consuming alcohol and just really not living an intentional life at all. And the entire accident that happened, the traumatic brain injury was 
Um, I say it's self-induced because I believe it, it happened because I was not paying attention to life. You know, I didn't do anything to harm myself on purpose, but I was intoxicated and I got in a bicycle accident, thus changing the entire trajectory of the next year of my life. Um, and that for me, you might think like, oh, that must've been like your big wake up call. Like that was the thing that woke you up. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't. I mean, I experienced a lot that year. I bought some one-way tickets and went and traveled and, you know, all this stuff. But that was not my true wake-up call. My true wake-up call happened three years later when, you know, again, it was like, hey, (laughs) wake up. Listen to your body. That's really what changed things for me. So I think it's interesting. Some people like you and like me seem to get all the wake up calls through our bodies mm-hmm. and some people yeah. come like through relationships with others and I don't know where else yeah but I think yeah, mine are very very body oriented mm-hmm. are you very body oriented yes yes I am Does that show up for you so for a long time it drove me crazy because I thought I, it, it like annoyed me because my body's really sensitive. But I learned that that was actually a beautiful thing. It was a good thing. It was a positive thing. But I was judging it. Mm-hmm. So I have to be really careful about what I eat. I'm not the type of person that can go out to eat seven days in a row and feel okay at the end of the week even if I'm not ordering like fried food, I still like my body's like, nope, you're out of your like normal health routine. This is not okay. And it's stuff like that, that has always been, I don't want to say a challenge for me, but I've really had to learn a new way into it that works for me. And that didn't happen until I stopped judging it. Oh, how did, how did that come to be? How did you stop judging? Well, I used to, cause so my fiance is like completely different. Like he could eat, he doesn't, but he could literally eat like crap food all the time and it, nothing would happen to his body. Like nothing would happen. Or he could like sleep four hours a night and get little to no sleep and it wouldn't bother him until like, you know, 30, 60 days later. Like he is, his body is very resilient. Um, Not that mine isn't, but it's just in very different ways. And so for a long time, I used to, I looked, I looked at the way that he operated through life because we've been together for a long time. And I was like, why, why can you do this? But I can't like, I'll eat one thing for dinner and it throws my system off. Like what is going on? Why is this happening? And it wasn't until I stopped judging that, that it kind of did stop happening, honestly. But that I also figured out methods for my own non-negotiables that work for me and how to take care of myself in a way that doesn't feel limiting. Mm. What are your non-negotiables? So I require a lot of sleep and I don't mean like 10 hours a night, but I need eight hours of sleep a night or I just don't feel right. Like sleep for some reason for my body 
lack of sleep, time, time zones, like moving time zones, it has a pretty large effect on my body. And I see other people that like it has zero effects and that's amazing. Um, I know ahead of time, if I'm like, actually I've got a couple weeks coming up of travel. I know now, all right, in between those trips, the week that you have in between, don't do a bunch of extra stuff. Don't plan a bunch of extra stuff. Get stuff done ahead of time so that you can rest and reset and take care of yourself through, you know, this month that you have coming up with travel. So that's a big one. And learning how to travel has been a big one because what used to happen is I would literally, I would go on trips and come home and I'd get sick. And I was like, what in the world? So I can't go on a trip? Like, what is this? My immune system was just, you know, staying up super late and not eating healthy when I was out and stuff like that. It would just rock my system. Um, exercise a hundred percent is a mental non-negotiable for me and a physical one. It's both, um, that doesn't look the same every day, but it's a combination of yoga, rock climbing, kayaking. I need a lot of movement in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also require a lot of alone time and I did not realize this for a very long time. I was the call I was in college in early 20s like wanted to be around people all the time. I had no idea the impact that it was actually taking on my soul <laughs> and my body. And I love being alone. I mean, I love being around people too, but I also really value my alone time and look at it a whole lot different than I used to. Yeah, so we're going back to human design for a second because that's also emptying out mm -hmm. because with open centers which like everyone has at least one open center if not nine like a reflector we take on other people's energy through our open centers mm -hmm. so we gotta empty it out to come back to our center yeah that's the alone time that's the time off the internet yeah and that's what that emptying out is what I look at now. Like when I'm looking at my calendar and I know like, okay, you're going to be gone this weekend and you're going to be gone an extended weekend the following. So Monday through Thursday, you do like bare minimum of work, like, you know, show up for your clients, do that stuff. But that's not the week that you're scheduling a bunch of extra stuff, like, and being okay with that. How, how easy is it for you to be okay with that? There's still a little bit of resistance, but I used to not be okay with that at all. And physically, my body was like, you know, what are you doing? Like, you're still not listening. Um, now, I think it's more, what is it now? I don't know if it's resistance or if it's more just like, okay, I really want to make sure that I'm taking care mm -hmm. of myself. So it might be actually a little bit of overcompensation of like, I really want to make sure I dial this in. <laughs> but what happens during that downtime for you? Sometimes, sometimes nothing. Sometimes it literally is just a slower morning. Sometimes it really is just, you know, it's not a mat. It's, I don't really need to sleep in. It's not like, oh, I need to sleep in until 10 o'clock every day and, you know, rest that way. Sometimes it really is just instead of, recording podcasts or, you know, going to a meeting or meeting up with someone that week in the afternoon. It's just 
I'm going to spend that couple hours before client work reading or writing or um, going, getting a massage or going to yoga or whatever that looks like. Things that I know nurture me um, that I need extra of after a lot of extroverted mm-hmm. activity or travel. Because a lot of the travel stuff that's coming up is very people-centric. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to refill your bucket. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. But, I mean, when you don't know you have a bucket, you're not refilling it. <laughs> yeah, and when you don't realize that that bucket can actually be overflowing and you give the overflow. Right. Right. Scramble to fill it and dole it out at the same time. Right. So I was the entrepreneur that was like, okay, I need to work nine to five on my business at first. Like, that's not what it looks like anymore. But that was like, okay, here I am. I have a business now. I'm going to work nine to five. And when you're doing client work, you're expending so much energy. It doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. So I'm also really particular about like I do clients on certain days of the week and like I'm just, you know, every now and then if someone has an emergency, I'm like, yeah, okay, but I'm, I'm a human, you know, I get it, not a jerk about it, but I really try and respect and honor my boundaries with my time, um, which is not something that existed, you know, yeah. if I look back five years ago. Or even like at the beginning of my business, whatever that was. I'm not good with time. (laughs) We talked about this before. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what happened yesterday. I don't know what happened this morning. There's an energetic change that happens with that though too um, that I think is so beautiful. And I know you see this with your clients as well. I I just started with someone this week, a brand new client, and she sent me a message earlier. And this is something that she's experiencing right now. And she decided to go get a massage this morning and she's gone through a little bit of a dry spell in her business. Well, what happens after she goes and gets her massage? She gets a pay in full while she's getting a massage and someone else reaching out to her that she has a message of like, how can I pay you? Mm -hmm. You know, when it's done. And the energetic shift that happens because you're really shifting from scarcity of I have to be available everywhere all the time to know I honor myself. And that's how I show up best to the world and for my clients. I know you see that with your clients too. I mean, it's just, yeah. I think you said that so well too, that it's the scarcity mindset of like, oh my God, what if I miss something? Gotta be here, gotta be here. Just in case. Oh, just in case. Just in case. Really, your Mm -hmm. job is to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. and nourish yourself so that you are your best self and you're able to like your your energy is going out there as bright and sparkly as possible right right mm. it's so good it is what do you want everyone to know mallory actually i'm going to ask let me rephrase that to let's start with a billboard if you had a billboard what would it say hmm That is such a good question. If I had a billboard, what, what would it say? I'm like, abundantly clear. No, <laughs> this is a brand. No, it would probably say something along the lines of, 
what I really, I don't know if I have it condensed into a sentence, but what I really want people to know is they're more powerful than what, what their mind might be telling them right now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people just don't even realize that just because you think it, it doesn't mean it's real. It doesn't mean it has to be true. It doesn't mean you have to give it energy. It doesn't mean it has to decide on the next thing that you're doing. Just because you thought it doesn't mean it's true. Maybe that's what it would be. <laughs> just because you thought it doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. I love that. How do we separate ourselves from our thoughts? I think curiosity is a huge part of this. You know, obviously there's a level of really understanding where they come from that I, that I do believe is important and can be super helpful. Now, is everyone, everybody going to go and work with a coach and go through their own experience in that? No, that's okay. But the baseline is curiosity because we don't allow ourselves. I mean, even, even I have to continue to stay like, just because I talk about this doesn't mean I'm not also a student of it. I have to stay in this mode of, am I staying curious with this thought or am I allowing this to define my moment and the way I'm perceiving life right now? And it really is just to start breaking it down and go, Oh, that's interesting that I said that. Do I want that to be true? And easier said than done, you know, because we do, science shows us we get on thought loops and that's where some deeper level work can help you kind of get out of that. But we all have the ability to just ask, what does this mean? What am I making it mean? Not even what does this mean? What am I making it mean? Yeah. What I saw as you were talking is that we have, for some reason, we think of thoughts as really solid things. Yeah. Put them like rocks. Yes. Really heavy and solid. But what if we thought of them as bubbles? They could be popped. It's like a relation. I mean, there are times that sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, just get away from me with my partner. But that's not a permanent belief. I don't actually want him to get away from me forever. I don't, I'm not actually experiencing that as my truest, true of what I desire in my heart. That's just a reaction to whatever experience I might be having in the moment. Because at the end of the day, I want to sleep next to him every single night, and that's what I desire. But that just kind of goes to show how our emotions sometimes, because we can see it often in our relationships with people, it's such a good mirror. Our emotions will tell us all kinds of things that don't, they don't have to be true. Right. Right. Our emotions, as we, as we allow ourselves to watch them, right. observe them, we know that each one is teaching us something. Mm-hmm. We're never going to stop growing. Cool. You know? We're never going to stop growing. So as soon as we feel like we've, as soon as we feel like we've got it figured out, we're blocking ourselves. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Wait, I like that for a billboard, too. As soon as you feel like you've figured it out, you're blocking yourself. I mean, as soon as we figure it out, or we feel like that, and I don't think that means, I don't know about you, but I don't think that means that we have to buy into the concept or the the structure of like, you always have to be living outside of your comfort zone, because I think that gets really mixed up with, well, you're always choosing suffering. Like I do think that a lot of people are choosing suffering over and over and over again because they're telling themselves they have to live outside of their comfort zone. And those those are 
two different worlds. That's a self-sabotage pattern at the root of it. Yeah. But staying curious and, and learning through things that can help anybody on the planet, including yeah. me. I think we need some, like we need a comfort zone. We need, so like, it sounds like with you and with me, it's often in my, my body likes certain foods. Mm -hmm. So I like to stay in my, we can call it a comfort zone. And it's not like a, I don't like to try new things. It's a, that's the the way I eat. Right. That keeps me grounded. Right. Having that routine. And then that, like having that, having like a regular meditation practice, having things that are non-negotiables allows us to spend more time out in outside of our comfort zone right and it's you know stretching ourselves is so fun but we buy into the concept sometimes in entrepreneur entrepreneurship of like okay well you've gotten yourself to this point in business now you need to do this and now you need to do that and now you need to do this and sometimes that just isn't true (laughs) If it feels right, that's great. But if it doesn't, that's okay too. And you need to be honest with yourself about that. If it doesn't feeling, is it fear or is it actually like, no, this just is not aligned for what I want or, you know, want to be doing in my life or business? Yeah. There's no, no one else gets to define, there's no levels. Right. And there's no like get to the next level. The easiest analogy I can think of is with triathlon people start thinking like, oh, you've done a sprint. Now you need to do an Olympic distance. Now you need to do a half Ironman. Now you need to do a full Ironman. And I've been doing this sport for 15 years. Yeah. And I get asked all the time, when are you going to do a full Ironman? I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Maybe when I'm 50 at the earliest, like all I can tell you is not now. It doesn't light me up. And that's okay. I I am guilty of asking people things too that maybe they're not aligned with. And I know I do that sometimes, but I cannot tell you how many people have been asking me, okay, when are you going to write a book? When are you going to write a book? And I'm like, I know that I will, but this year it's not going to happen. And I know that. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't... Time. Right, exactly. There's part of the book that I haven't lived yet, and that's why it hasn't been written. <laughs> I tell people when they ask me when I'm when am I gonna write a book, I'm like, I got pretty much a book on Instagram. So you're welcome <laughs> to go back and read every single one of my posts. And if you wanna put them all together into a book form for me, sure. I will accept that help. You know, something I've been thinking about more and more in my own quiet time is what if the what if the getting outside of your comfort zone, what if all it really was was being still? And that's the thing that everybody was actually avoiding by continuing to do and do and do and do, because the biggest thing that makes people uncomfortable is being present and exploring how to be happy with their lives that they have right now in the way that it is today. That is brilliant. (laughs) I agree completely. Stillness is what terrifies us the most. Trying to sit with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Who knows what's going to come up? Well, God forbid you think about the goal that you haven't reached or the person that didn't sign up or this or that. or (laughs) See all the ways you beat yourself up. See all the ways you sabotage yourself. Because once you see it, you can see that it's not for you. Right. 
And maybe it's just, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting that when I got quiet, that's all the stuff that decided to come out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be real or true. Exactly. Like, I actually kind of love it when I call it the self-sabotage van. I watch, <laughs> it's like a windowless van. And I, I see it circle me sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I see you. Not today. Uh-uh. <laughs> Or tomorrow, if you want to come back tomorrow, you can try, but I'm going to say the same thing. Exactly. But before, I mean, a few years ago, I didn't see it. I didn't know it existed. Right. right. So I would just like get in this van totally unconsciously. Yeah, exactly. And be like, well, I don't know what happened. Like totally go into victim mode. Well, guess what? Now I see you, van, and I'm not getting in there. Yes, a hundred percent. And being willing I don't know how far we want to go into this, but I'm seeing like there's a pattern of people kind of talking about how in spirituality we shouldn't be talking about victim mode at all because it's shaming people. I think it's so empowering to be able to recognize our own victim patterns and be able to go, oh, wow, I bought into that and I'm not going to anymore. That is like the most empowering thing in the world. Yeah. I think that's it. I haven't heard that, that it's shaming people. I don't know if I even really see that. It's it's because it's not judging. No, it's and not. Like this is a natural part of the process. Like when I'm um I haven't done this for a while, but if I would like fall asleep on the couch and then wake up and have to go brush my teeth and go to bed, oh my god. <laughs> the victim energy would be very high. Like it was the hardest thing in the world. Like we have to be able to see that and laugh at it. No, wow. And that was not Why, a regular day. <laughs> That's really that's really funny. No one's immune to that though. Like right. these thoughts. Right. These thoughts come up and we don't have to chase them down. We don't have to grab them. They're not solid rocks. They're just exactly just pop them like bubbles. And if we didn't have, if we didn't, we wouldn't be human if certain parts of our brain were just deleted. Like yeah. we would no longer be human. Mm-hmm. You know, you're really talking about like removing the reptilian part of your brain if that was to all just go away. <laughs> Yeah, and if we didn't have that, would we still be able to have compassion for ourselves or others? We need a really good question. Yeah, that's a really good question. It's a good thing we don't have to know. (laughs) Don't have to know. Big fat, I don't know, in this conversation. We're totally comfortable with that. If that makes you uncomfortable, you can go find out. Mallory, this is so fun. How about one last question? Yeah. May lead to many more. We'll see. Um, What's the scariest thing you've ever done? What's the first thing to come up? Um, Okay. So the scariest thing, I I went back to the, the... I immediately had a memory back to the brain injury thing Um, because that was really just scary. And I think this might sound super lame, but believing in something more than I knew was very scary. Yeah. Um, 
because I just didn't know. And I knew that I wasn't going to know, but I knew that I had to trust. And that was very scary. It feels a lot easier to trust now. But at the time, I didn't trust a whole lot. I didn't have a level of spirituality or, or knowingness of what I was trusting in or what that meant to me. So that felt very scary. I think you're the first person to say that on this podcast, to say how scary it is to trust. And I love, I love that. I love that you shine a light on that. And it's actually one of my favorite things to talk about. So thank you for sharing that. I say trust like a mofo. Cause like, it's going to be super scary. You just got to try. Yeah. 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 And the, and the first one is, can be really hard. Yeah. And the second one will be hard. Yeah. But, and maybe just as hard, maybe a little less. It's a practice. It is. It is. Yeah. Oh, you are amazing. Thank you. You are too. Thank you so much for having me on this show. How can people find you and learn more about you and listen to your podcast and everything else? Yeah, they can jump over to Abundantly Clear Podcast on any major podcast platform, probably all the wonderful ones that host your show too. Or you can go to my website and that is abundantlyclearpodcast.com is the easiest way to get there or mallory-nicole.com and you can find me there. Awesome. I'm a big fan of email messages. So I usually just tell people you can send me a message if something resonated. Um, I, I check my inbox. I have other people that do other things, but I manage the inbox. So it'll just be you and me. Do you want to give your email address or will people get it? Get you can do that on the on the website. You can just Perfect. send me a message there. Perfect. All right. I love it. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.